Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Hi, so this is Simon, and on our latest podcast, it's going to be an interesting one. We're talking with uh, Mary Birmingham, who is over in the Burren, and we're going to talk about her new book, um, Sustainability. So I guess, first of all, Mary, uh, thanks for doing this dual-natured podcast. Um, could you maybe, uh, for the Irish Tech news readers, just give us a little bit of an idea of uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks so much, Simon. It's really great to be on your podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, so, well, we started the Nature Magic podcast in the COVID lockdown, um, just talking to people about what they thought we could do to engage people with nature. Um, so a little background on Myself, I'm the co-founder of the Boran Nature Sanctuary, which is in Kinvara in County Galway. So we're open for the last seven years. And prior to that, I was working as an engineer um, in the, until the collapse of the Celtic Tiger. And prior to that, I was riding three-day event horses. And I represented Ireland as an individual doing that. So I've done a few things, but all eventually led me well, I had a love for Mother Nature from the very beginning, and it all led me to writing the book. Cool. Um, so, I mean, we've seen photographs from some nature reserves, and even with Garden as well, they talk about uh, how some places have changed over the last five or six months with much fewer visitors when there were fewer. So, so, so what's your experience been in, with your, the Bar and Nature Sanctuary? Uh, how was that in the four months of lockdown? Well, it was rather lovely to be here without any customers, but sorry to the customers. <laughs> um, and yes, one major thing we noticed, we, we have the living collection of Burren flora here. So it's the national collection of Burren flora. And we're in partnership with the Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin in Dublin and the National Seed Bank. So collecting seeds from our organic meadow, we have uh, the botany bubble, which is a dome shaped exhibit with, and it's all native plants, just our native plants. We have orchids and a selection, and we have an outdoor exhibit as well. And the difference, um, unfortunately people pick flowers, wildflowers, and we've put up signs, you know, this is a botanic collection, please do not pick the flowers. Um, do not pick the flowers. They won't be able to have any babies next year. You know, we've tried various things and we've gone to actually an image of a flower with a hand and a big red cross, which okay. is quite good because even small children go, oh, mommy, daddy, look, that's a sign that says don't pick the flowers. But our external collection and even the botany bubble was, I would say, one quarter more abundant from not having any customers. Oh, okay, so there, <laughs> yes, there was a difference. <laughs> there was a difference. Wow. Um, so, so we interviewed a bird watcher, and he said that that the use of data has helped them to gain more insights into the way fauna um, behave, flora, flora, the birds. Um, oh. So, similarly, ha, ha, has any increases in technology enabled you to gain insights? I mean. So you have a direct observation there that four months of less picking is making a difference. Have you had any other data-based insights to help you with the conservation and the protection of what you do? Well, um, we do work with the biodiversity database, which is the all-island mm. one, and we log 
things there. But really what we're lacking is time. We're a small family business and we are setting up a volunteer group to do seed collecting and monitoring. And there is a guy from the university in Galway, a botanist uh, student, coming to hopefully do a project here to database um, what we have exactly. And we're partners with a botanic garden in Mallorca. And they oh, have, yeah. yeah, so they also have a crossover of the wild orchid species of the Boron. So we are databasing what we have here compared to what they have. But really, we are time poor. You know, we're, we're a small business. We're trying to run a cafe, a shop, a visitor center, do pig, pig walks. Um, yes, so we, we would we'd need a bit of support in that area. Yeah, look, I mean, and we found that some of the Irish colleges have been great for internships. It's almost being imaginative enough to work out what unusual departments might be able to help. So I guess that could be an opportunity in the future. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, if anybody's listening to this, um, we have, well, we have a very unique turlock. It's, we call it the disappearing lake. So that's another thing for geologists. It appears every 12 hours and it's fresh water. And um, we have an archaeological remains that hasn't been investigated. It's called a famine village, but the archaeologists looked at it once and said, oh, it's probably thousands of years old. And um, we've recently <laughs> found, yeah, we've recently found around, um, there could be dwellings, there could be small fields, nobody knows because it hasn't been investigated. And um, half the farm has been rewilded. So it's really, we don't really know what's in there. And we're just allowing that to nature to have a place there, 25 acres out of the 50. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so what inspired you? So you have a book out and, and so what inspired you to write it and what is it about for those that don't know? Yeah. So the book's called Nature Magic, how you can engage people with biodiversity. And really it, it was all there. Um, all the things we've done in the Borough Nature Sanctuary to try and connect people with nature but when we started the podcast, we were asking very simple questions of people, you know, how you could uh, engage people with nature and what animals you love and everything. And really, we think it's the first step in tackling the biodiversity crisis and even the climate crisis. Because if you don't, if people aren't connected to nature, mm -hmm. they don't have a love for nature and they don't care about conserving it. Uh, and immediately you get people engaged with nature they instantly um, fall in love with it and wish to conserve it and learn about it and understand it. But you know, you can't fall in love with somebody you haven't met. So the book and the Borough Nature Sanctuary and the podcast, they're all efforts to try and connect people with nature as that first step for tackling it. So it's a positive thing. We're not saying doom and gloom. We're saying come and have fun here or, you know, these are the fun things you can do. Yeah, look, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, we, we had a company global action plan and it was very much uh, people will do so much if you tell them to, but if they care about it, then they'll be motivated to do it themselves rather than because, because it, you know, if, if it were to tell people to stop smoking, people would just stop smoking. So therefore it, you have to have more of an emotional engagement than just telling people stuff. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, exactly. We were with Leave No Trace Island and we did a course with them about signage so even we have a little sign just by the cigarette butt place saying, please put your cigarette butts in here. Birds will eat them rather than, you know, don't throw your cigarette butts on the floor. <laughs> uh, the positive messages like that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So who, who are you aiming at? Who, who would be your ideal readers? 
Yeah, so my ideal reader really is an educator that is feeling really overwhelmed or even an eco-warrior, not knowing what to do. What steps can I take? You know, I can't tackle the oil companies. Um, I can stand with a placard outside a government building, you know, but what steps can everybody take every day? So, I mean, it's nearly 500 pages of um, activities and suggestions as to what you can do with all ages from toddlers up to granddads and how to draw in the certain demographics. Like for instance, um, my age group and gender, say females, I'm 52. Um, they like basket making and making wild rose face serums. And that is really appealing to that demographic. And then you bring them to the nature sanctuary and we do the herb walks. Um, the children like meeting animals. That's the first step for them. And then they learn about the plants. And there are obviously people, we're trying not to preach to the converted. People who love nature come here as well. And we have more in-depth talks and walks and things, but we're trying to preach to the, well, not even preach, the unconverted people. Yeah. Try and try it. So, and there's stories and, um, you know, a bit of background on the Burren Nature Sanctuary. We've seven years of experience here, what has worked and what hasn't worked. So it's really a, a manual with magical stories interspersed. Yeah, that's great. I think, like you say, it's an experiential guide, um, but with a way to make people relate to it. Um, I guess well, when we were just chatting, we were talking about a uh, shared interest in Jonathan Porritt. And so we recently reviewed and interviewed him around his book, Hope in Hell, which talks about uh, we are very close to a point of no return. So without being doom and gloom, uh, he feels there are things that, that can be done, but need to be done and need to be done soon. And I guess if we contextualize that with also Corona and people have been talking about, well, coronavirus is an issue is a major issue uh, if we don't deal with climate change then we have a bigger problem down the line so what are your thoughts on how we how we navigate these challenges going forwards well i think the coronavirus has shown us that it's really illustrated what we should do we need to stop like full stop whether we will do that or not um I don't know, but you know, the minute we did stop, there's a lot of things that we stopped doing that we really shouldn't take up again. Um, and we need to see, you know, what is essential and how we can, how we can change things about. And it can be quite simple, you know, adjusting the way we deal with our waste and our food. And, and the internet is fantastic. It's opened our eyes to exactly what is happening. You know, the, the food chains, chains, um, you know, where our cattle are getting their feed from, you know, some of it from soy that is grown in the Amazon basin. You know, should mm -hmm. we support it, support that? Let's try and see exactly what's happening and, and, and do better in things like that. So uh, Jonathan Porritt, is, uh, he actually came on the Nature Magic podcast. And when I was 15 in London, I joined Friends of the Earth. And I volunteered in their office. And I remember Jonathan, so this is a long time ago, sitting in his tiny office halfway up the stairs with the maps of the rainforest pinned up around the wall, desperately trying to battle this issue. Um, and here we are um, still fighting it. Uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I guess it is. Um, 
uh, and then uh, hopefully too, uh, there are some things, hopefully with renewable, that can be turned around very quickly. Okay, so thanks for that, Mary. So that, I mean, that is a very good point. And I guess it, it is a challenge for us all, but the last three or four months have showed that humans can change behavioral patterns much quicker than perhaps they thought they would. You know, grannies doing Zoom calls and doing their shopping online. So, so without being um, completely over-optimistic, hopefully there are grounds to be optimistic. Um, so I have a couple of quick questions. Um, I guess one would be, um, what, what are the pros of living around the bar and what are the reasons that make you love living there? Well, the Burren is a magical place. If you, if anybody comes to the Burren, try and walk up to the top of Mullock Moor. It's one of the mountains you might see on images of the Burren, like a sort of blancmange that's kind of sunken on one side. Um, the the Burren is the most diverse place for flora in Ireland and even fauna. It has, for instance, thirty of I think the 33 butterfly species. We have 90% of all the flora. Um, it's just the most beautiful place and the people are lovely. I live in Kimbara, which is a great place. And I, I obviously came from London originally years ago and they're very welcoming to blow-ins and happy to have everybody here. So it's, it's just a lovely place to live. Yeah, look, I mean, I think from West Cork round to uh, Connemara and upwards, I mean, you know, between the, 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 the English, the Germans, I think a lot of people appreciate the value of, you know, the, uh, the Wild Atlantic Way and being out, out this way. So, yeah, I definitely hear you on that one. Um, how, how can people buy your new book? Uh, where is it out and where can they get it? So it's on Amazon and it it was bestseller overnight on .co.uk and on .com um, when it launched wow. about a week ago now, I know. So that was absolutely fantastic. We're so ecstatic about it. Um, so it's the Kindle edition at the moment. And on the 1st of September, we will be releasing the print um, edition and it'll be on Amazon as well. So, I mean, that is an ethical decision. I think talking about tech, you know, it reaches so far. We're so... I've had so many Zoom meetings that I haven't had to get in the car and drive to Doolin, which is so wonderful. You know, we can connect now to do this podcast. Uh, tech yeah. has done such a lot for us. And, you know, the ethical decision about going on Amazon or going to your local books or supporting your local bookstore. Um, unfortunately, the reach on Amazon, and it's the message we need to get across. Um, so that's instantly global when, when you go on there. So that was the decision we made there. So it's, it's wonderful. It's been a big success. There's obviously a great hunger, um, for people want to make changes and they're desperate to know how they can help. So that's it. It's seven pounds yeah. 99 sterling and it's eight euros 99 at the moment on Amazon and then the print version on the 1st of September. Cool. I mean, we're looking forward to reviewing it. So uh, I think it's interesting and it's positive. And like you say, there are pros and cons with all of these things. But, but, if, but with the reach, if, if the reach means that you can make contact and reach out to people all over Ireland and globally, then, then like you say, then 
the, the uh, in general how can people find out about your work and what you do uh, there's a little bit of a wobbly connection here but i'll keep going uh can you hear me yeah i can hear yeah. you do you want me to ask you again or uh no it's okay i'll just answer yeah, so, well, you can find the Borough Nature Sanctuary website, boroughnaturesanctuary.ie, and anybody's welcome to email me, mary at boroughnaturesanctuary.ie, and uh, we're on Twitter, and I'm on Twitter, and we're on Instagram, Facebook, and the normal channels like that, LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, that's how we found you, so, yeah, that makes sense, and again, the where, where tech can be helpful and useful so it's really good um i guess is there anything else that we should is there anything else we should have asked you or that you would like to add that we haven't covered well i just want to give a shout out for amelia the pig so she has been just wonderful she does the fairy pig walk on airbnb experiences and i have to say <laughs> she's probably yeah she's probably converted a lot of people to be nature lovers at this stage she's over 205 star reviews um so go good on you amelia <laughs> and so okay so what kind of pig is she she's a juliana pig she's four years old and we so i have a pig walk now at 11 o'clock and she takes visitors around the fairy woodland and people take, they hold the lead and she takes them on a little walk. That's it, basically. Awesome. I mean, and you know, I, I've seen pigs at dog shows and the pigs do really well. And I've seen pot belly pigs where you scratch their belly and they lie on their back and ask grunt to be stroked more. So I think they're, they're great animals. And again, like you say, the, maybe the more that people interact with them, the more, you know, they're, you know, like you'd be a, be, a, be a bit less human centric and maybe more aware of, you know, uh, how we interplay with all the other animals and plants. Exactly, exactly. So Amelia was actually a little bit depressed with the lockdown because she wasn't getting all the attention from everybody. Um, and in the, in the book, Nature Magic, lots of people want to own a pig or, uh, so we've put in, you know, tips on care for pigs and if you should buy one or not um and all the thing all the questions people want to ask about the various animals and and stories about the plants and and things like that awesome so look thanks very much for your time uh, i'm glad that we could squeeze you in before you do a pig walk um <laughs> and good luck with the book so thank, thank you, you very so much, much. Mary. i really appreciate it we hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.